Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And we got Dixon with us from the always balmy Puerto Rico. And we, once again, I don't know why we keep going to New Zealand, but they got a lot of good folk players. We got uh, Michael on with us today. So how are you guys doing? We are alive. <laughs> we are alive. Hey, guys. Kia ora. Uh, great to be here. Yes, from New Zealand, the Shark Tank. We've got a lot of pretty competitive dangerous players with big opinions and that's probably why a few of us have been known for for recordings like this so awesome to be here yeah and i like the new zealanders as well because uh yeah you kiwis always have a different way of playing sometimes so it feels like you know i'll be like oh you know this is kind of a trash pick and then you know liam or somebody else just smashes people in the face with it and does great and it's like okay i guess i was a little wrong there <laughs> yeah we, we definitely have a unique um meta liam over the ditch there in australia um he came over mm -hmm. one of our recent events as well and we see that some of the aussies have a, their own approach as well which is again slightly unique and so uh, i guess we're in a small pond but very very competitive and therefore we, we do have our own little meta with some weird picks that we like to go for yeah definitely and michael you you play a lot of the explorers which i'm definitely excited to see because i like, i was telling you right before we recorded i feel like Everybody was, you know, on the Explorer train. They loved all the new stuff and then they caught a few nerfs and it seems like the unbelievers are gone. Yeah, exactly. I think um, when Explorers were dropped, I immediately picked them up and I gravitated towards the Masters, which weren't nerfed. <laughs> so I played nice. a lot of Cooper, a lot of Maxine, good bit of Anya. And right as I picked up Nexus, then they got nerfed. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. But then Nexus 2 occurred, which was a blight on <laughs> every semblance of balance. Um, but I did play a bit of that. So uh, after those nerfs, I, I still kept playing with them. I would say since the faction was dropped, I have maybe 95% of my games have been Explorers. Um, oh, wow. They're a really, really fun faction. Uh, they, they all do something unique, which is the thing I really appreciate about them. I, I wish I could stick with a faction for as long as you have, because I bounce around like nobody's business <laughs> oh yeah i know that yeah. better than anybody else and, and I, I think there's a lot of value to bouncing around to be honest because you, you tend to if you play one faction you you tend to see the game in a very specific way mm -hmm. like like for me my faction has a lot of armor a lot of shielded we have uh, those kinds of things as our main defensive tech and so when i see an action like twist reality i'm like wow this thing just nukes my whole faction i have <laughs> terrible willpower or i'm sovereign who has terrible defense and twist reality just dunks me um yep. so for example so uh, and i guess the fact i don't have it means that i really value an action like that but moving across to other factions you get a, a sense of um just a wider perspective so there is value in that um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm playing think... Arcanist right now and I'm like, good Lord, how many like 
three, four, six damage tracks are there in this faction? I mean, yep. Arcanist like hit like a truck. <laughs> yeah, they they have some decent attacks, but low to hit on some of those decent attacks. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and I think you touch on an interesting point because big damage attacks is probably what explorers lack the most. We actually don't have a lot of good min three. As far as like the three, four, six bracket goes, I think we just have Parson, and he's good, but he's pretty squishy. So he like, used to be Mikhail, but they nerfed him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was he three four six? I think three. Four, no, no, five. He, he was three four he's, five. He's, he's min three, yeah. But he yeah. was two inches, and now he's one. That's, That's like correct. the big yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he was good. Um, and we we had Iron Matron. She got nerfed as well. Although I do like her new version. I must say, with hard to wound. That's such a brick to get rid of. Um, oh my lord! But yeah, we don't have a lot of damage in our faction. We have to be quite careful with how we produce our damage. We got some great triggers massive tentacles and such but we don't have like here's three four six deal with it <laughs> i i got a chance to play her a lot for uh for the podcast uh before the nerf and yes. cruel disappointment was significantly more powerful than yes. the wound oh yes but it, it needed to go away i remember pete literally we made this joke before but like, i need to keep bringing like, this up man nobody wants to remember this <laughs> it was like 28 <laughs> points of models man you gotta see it so like yeah like two executioners and my whole dashel crew <laughs> unable to kill this thing for like two and a half oh, turns yes. uh, iron matron really was the kind of I, I i genuinely think it was a case of when you play explorers you pick her and then you pick your master. It really was like that before the yeah. nerf. So, <laughs> and part of it was cruel disappointment being so silly. Yeah, and before we get into talking about explorers and GG three, uh, I do just want to kind of mention a couple things. One, we did talk about uh, actually the Corfi duet, and Dixon and I thought that the Corfi duet, when you took it down to its half health, you had to then distribute the health. You know, like oh, this one has two hit points. This one has three. However, it was revealed to us that apparently the Corfi duet, you get whatever that health was on both models or, you know, whatever. So yep. basically when you split the Corfi duet into two Corfis, they both have five health. So yeah, I'm like, yep, yep. I'll play a better version of how I was playing it. That's on great. Our, on our next uh, battle report game, uh, thingy podcast, I want to bitch and moan more about that, but yes. <laughs> yes, yeah we will definitely a model definitely life fear. yeah i'm it's surprised like i fear. i thought like it was fine but the more i play it like there was a certain situation in the last game dixon i played where the corfi duet was being slowed by the uh Groot slang and i was still able to you know like oh i'm gonna split apart i'll do one action and then i'll go ahead and you know come back together the one that activated had the slow, the new one doesn't. So now I get another activation when I come back together and I'm not slow. So it's like, there's there's just a lot of like shenanigans with it that I'm starting to pick up on, which I'm sure Dixon doesn't like. Nope, I was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into all that, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that on our Discord channel. You can also check us out on YouTube. We got a new bat rep coming out here soon. And then we also have Twitter. We are on um, YouTube as well. Like I was saying, new bat rub coming out. And then if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. Reading support is as little as a dollar and you get content early. You also get these live recordings where we actually, you know, let the patrons come in. They can do chats. Like right now we got the Nick, Nick Westbrook in the chat. Um, 
Nick's laid up and recovering. So that he's enjoying the, uh, the chat while he's hanging out at home. And uh, finally, you can also support us by, if you buy stuff through Weird, you can go to give us your money, please. Thank you, dash weird.com slash ragequitwire. And we get a little bit from that. And it just helps us kind of get things to test out and give our crappy opinions about. So thanks for all the support that uh, people people give to the podcast. But getting into this episode. So Explorers are definitely interesting. Like I said, they've been good when they first came out. They've still maintained a lot of good, you know, tech and keywords and that stuff. I I would say the one thing I do want to talk about, because I definitely want to get your opinion about this. And I'm surprised. I I, I don't know if they just don't want to nerf botanists because they're solid. But it seems like some keywords just abuse the crap out of botanists and they can be miserable to, to deal with. So Michael, I just wanted to get your thoughts and opinion on these botanists, kind of like how you like using them, why they're so problematic for people to deal with really. Oh, botanists. I could talk for days. They are our Lord and savior within Teal. Um, they are very good. Um, the, the fact that you can get a free walk very, very efficiently and cheap just opens up so many opportunities to walk, interact, walk. Uh, and I use them offensively as well. You just fling them into people's faces and say, here, deal with defense seven. It's got wicked, so you want to run away. Cool, well, I'm going to hit you, and I've got triggers to push you as well. So there's a lot of cool things they do. They can even remove markers with a trigger on their shockwave pulse attack. Um, but here's the caveat, and I think this is an important one for the people who do not play Teal. Um, not every keyword in Teal Explorers are actually equipped to support them. Um, you can't really grow them efficiently with all crews, and so that is a, a really critical uh, consideration. It does take a bit to actually get your two growth tokens on them. Some keywords do it like for free, and that's that is to be acknowledged. Like, it's very like strong. McCabe. Yes, like I, McCabe. I mean McCabe. Um, <laughs> I mean McCabe. Um, but not every keyword can do that. And some of them have to go through a lot of hoops to actually unlock them. And once they are unlocked, they are ultimately just a one, two, three damage attack. So it's not like these are the models that are going to run around tabling your opponent. They're going to score like crazy. They're going to get in the works and gum people up and annoy people. Planet of Roots is fantastic to just not be able to be moved. And so there's a bunch of cool stuff like that. Um, but I think the reason why they haven't seen any nerfs are, one, they like I say, the damage is pretty low two they have some massive counters to them obey really dunks them because your opponent can force you to spend all your grow tokens at once um and their their willpower at maximum will only be a six most obeys are a five six or seven so um for instance my opponent declares the rider i still want the botanist but damn is it scary to, <laughs> to know that she could very well just um completely obliterate them yeah. um real quick and the other thing that they can be weak to is just general card quality um your botanist may have defense seven willpower six that's great if uh, an enemy hannah is punching you and they ever land a hit they can one shot you because you have no damage mitigation um and in the last weekend um i was playing in our national event here against liam who we've mentioned already over from australia and and he was playing von schill he had hannah she gets critical strike with the focus there's seven damage good night uh and so the botanists um they can die if they ever get hit and so I think that's another big balancing factor to rein them in a bit. Yeah, I, I found a lot of like in like unresisted damage is really good too. Like anything like charge through or uh, not charge through, whatever the the Neverborn equivalent of that is. But 
Um, also things that just ping damage like stampede. Uh, when I played Bayou, I used to do the bacon beeline and then you set it on fire and all this fun stuff. You do splash damage into them. So there's definitely ways to deal with them. But if you just directly like, I'm going to attack this model after they have their max grow tokens, they can be a real nightmare to deal with. Yeah. And, and I think to build on that, a recent experience for me where I was playing against Keras 2 and I had a botanist quite central next to my master. Um, for some reason, I had the audacity to declare McCabe 1. I learned not to do that. Um, <laughs> but but while Karis was basically killing McCabe, she just inadvertently killed a full health botanist next to him in a full activation just okay. by charging through, then charging back through. He has a rampage trigger for free. And all those ping damages, um, they add up pretty quick when you only have seven health. So like you say, unresisted damage is another way to kill them. And you don't need a lot because seven health, no stones, no armor, yeah. no shielded, nothing like that. They will die pretty rapidly if, if that's the, the tech that you're bringing. However, they are really good. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. The reason why think... we talk about the counters is because they are good enough. You need to know how to counter them. <laughs> yeah, and so just real quick, just kind of curious, which keywords do you think are not good at getting them their grow tokens? Um, the keywords which I would not look towards botanists at all probably would be Maxine, Anya. Um, those would be the ones where there's next to no support at all. Most of the other okay. keywords in some capacity can do it. Bass isn't great at it, but you have some options if you're desperate to bring them in. Um, Terry is probably another one where you, there's, there's not much support at all. Um, so those ones are like, when you want a botanist, you probably consider Vernon Wells in those keywords instead for a somewhat similar experience, which is easier to, to work with. Um, the other keywords have various ways to grow the, the botanists, um, some of which are really efficient, some of which are like, you can put in some work and then they'll be okay. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and get started in this just for people who haven't listened to the other episodes. This is the last one that we're doing because we've hit all the other factions. But we basically go through, we uh, talk about each strategy in GG3, and we say two masters that we like into this, and then a master that we think's not as great into the strategy. Uh, obviously, Michael's going to probably have the best information just because of sheer volume. Dixon's played a lot of Explorers, and then I've played against a lot of Explorers, so I definitely have my opinions. However, um, you know, they can be... Um, milky toasty kind of hot milky wet takes that suck it's okay <laughs> oh, how sensual <laughs> oh my god it's not good it's you know it's not going to be the best but you you can you can uh you can swallow it it's okay <laughs> you could just said the word moist and just make yes. everybody else be as upset moist moist <laughs> that's the one that's the one Oh. All right, so let's go ahead and start off with uh, we we'll call this one Dixon's uh, Dixon strategy because it's all about the killing. So, okay. in cursed objects, which Dixon loves killing, yeah. What do you like, Michael? What's uh, two keywords that you're like? Oh yeah, this is what I like taking when I got to kill stuff. Yeah, so I'll, I'll preface this by saying I think this is our hardest strat. We still have some play in this, but we don't have like Leviticus level nonsense um, within cursed objects. We have a few masters you can lean to. I think if you wanted to go a pretty spicy build, you can bring Nexus 1 and play a denial game. It's vaguely similar to the um, Outcast episode where Liam spoke to Hamlin and how you, you hire very few options they can actually score from. So there's yeah. two or three curse tokens 
maybe four on really tough models thinking like the intrepid emissary some crews just don't want to see him yeah. um, and then nexus themselves with a lot of that healing we are a legion to pass damage around and then to pass healing back to them uh nexus can be a really really tough brick to get rid of um mm -hmm. and you you have a sort of pseudo summoning engine where when you bring meredith um you'd be able to get your eyes and ears out grow them into husks then they can run around do your punching and such but they don't innately come with tokens on them so i definitely think if you're experienced with nexus they're a solid shout for cursed objects um there's multiple ways to build the crew but you can play a big denial based game uh, with them I would probably say as my more well-rounded pick and, and one I have more experience with would be Maxine, probably Maxine 2 specifically. You've hmm. got your your healing. She attacks move, which means you get around things like a Leviticus um, defensive trigger. You can switch off his healing, for instance. Um, and I know I'm, I'm talking about Leviticus, Leviticus a lot. He's very scary in the strat. But a similar principle applies to a lot of the, the scary masters in Cursed Objects. If If you can reach out and turn healing off, that's so phenomenal. how are you finding her keyword after, because I know in November of last year, they got ratted, um, her specifically, and also Calypso. So how are you finding yes. them post-nerf? They're not as bullshit, <laughs> but they're still good. Um, you mean they don't, they don't have a permit saying they can do whatever they want? Yeah, they don't get to like, teleport into somebody, and that person has like almost no <laughs> chance in hell, unless they yes. have pluses on, on willpower duels or souls. Yes. Correct. They're not that level of silly, but they're still yeah. good. Ma Maxine 2 herself, um, the part that surprised me most about that nerf, they left her, her um, ram trigger the ability to draw jokers. So you, when you hit someone, you you mill five cards, and you can pick up a red joker from those that you mill, which is just crazy. They left that on there. It's very or the good. Or black joker. Um, or the black joker, if you want to yep. just keep it out of the deck. But look, I still think she's really good. She has her own once-per-game demise. There's not a lot of demise tech in the game. There is some, but you can usually play around it. And that makes her annoying to deal with the first time. And yeah. then, like I say, she can stagger people at range. Um, she can switch off their, their healing. The main thing is she just gets in there and hits you. Hits you once, now you've got staggered. Very hard to, to actually stop her from continuing to hit you. And with massive tentacles, if you've got like your brick with your take the hit model, she can disrupt that, no questions asked. Um, and then she can just start wailing away on you. Uh, and she also has a lot of tough models in her, in her keyword and, and a lot of healing as well, which goes a, a good long way in cursed objects in my experience. Mm. Yeah. and that model for maxine 2 is phenomenal i ended up getting it because i think oh yes what i forget which title box she came in but i i somehow also got the other master and oh zip it's zip. yeah so yep uh i i have that model and i'm like man this is a cool model i'm gonna have to paint it sometime yeah and it comes with bow and everyone loves bow fishbacher <laughs> oh, fishbacher so good so I good some, i had somebody ask me like is bow really that good i was like yes yes he is absolutely <laughs> Oh, yeah. he's, a mini Hodge, he's a mini hodgepodge almost. My favorite he's, thing about him yeah. isn't, isn't even the healing. It's literally the, the cheating aura. Yes. Like literally, yes. that's by the, far the my one favorite thing push? Oh, yeah. Yes, that's so good. It's very, yeah, very good. That's the thing you can, people you can make something about. hazardous. Because the thing is, uh, the, he has a, a, his toolkit is great. But like the cheating aura is one of those things that wins you games because somebody will forget about it. Like, it oh. happens a lot. Yeah. And it happens a lot because like one inch makes all the difference sometimes. Yeah, it's almost as yeah. stupid as like an aversion's four inch aura. It makes me want to punch. Hey, hey, save that for the battle report episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
So, yeah, had, uh, say... so, so spoiler alert, uh, Harada lost to an aversion, and it was funny. Oh, <laughs> I don't see that. <laughs> so what's your, uh, what's your pick on one that you don't like into Curse there, Michael? I would try my best to avoid Ivan in Cursed Objects. Uh, I, I will say Ivan 2 can do some cool slingshot stuff, sure. But all of Ivan's best models are squishy. That's not great for Cursed Objects. He's a summoner at heart, and so that's not great for Cursed Objects either. Um, he can output damage, and that is welcome. But I, I typically find Ivan's one I would I would only consider Ivan in Cursed Objects if the, the map or ball that I'm playing on is phenomenal for, Iron, uh, for Ivan. Or if the scheme pool is really crying out for Ivan. But other than that, yeah, he's probably ninth best pick here. All right. Well, what about you, Dixon? What kind of masters do you like into Cursed Objects? So, I, I mean, it, it's very basic. Mine is Lucas McCabe 2. We've played this game. He's actually very, very strong, even with botanists. Uh, in this version, not because you have to do a lot of damage, but because you can just like chip away at people. Uh, but the second one is, um, whatchamacallit, I, I know that we only play like once or twice, but it was like Jetsa, and I'm trying to remember what the type of list it was. All I remember from the Jetsa, it was uh, the second version, and the irreducible damage, well, it was the first version because it was the healing damage that was killing you. Oh my god, I remember now. Yeah, because I would do like four damage. <laughs> I would be like four damage healing, and instead of healing, you take that as damage. And then everything in my crew was just basically around a bubble. And it was like the pillow fort that we were talking about, where we were talking about 10 Thunders. But instead, it was, you know, just a normal bubble. You come into yeah. me, you can't really hurt me. So, yeah. That so, that, so that, Lucas McKay, because nothing really can die when everything is like stat 8 or 7. Because um, that's basically the strength of that crew, right? I don't know about if I, if I was playing it wrong, but that's what it seemed to me the most powerful thing about Lucas McKay. I'm really glad you brought him up because he's probably a um, probably my third best pick for cursed objects. And mm. in terms of familiarity alone, I would probably pick him above Nexus. <laughs> I love McCabe on <laughs> he draws cursed objects as well. A he's, lot of he's cards. Very good. Yeah, he does. And and yeah, you can get the equivalent of a defense eight botanist, which yep. um, is surprisingly good to run around and push people into hazardous and yep. have life leech aura just sit there annoying people. Um, yep. yep. You can also have the Intrepid Emissary here. This is a good home for him in this uh, strat. And now he's yes. defense 7, equivalent defense 8 when you're in and around melee. Like, there's a lot to be said for McCabe here. So, um, so the, yeah. the way that I was playing, I did not try the the Intrepid Emissary. I like the I wanted to try more the Effigy uh, when I go back to them. Because yep. I'm going to go back to them after we go to Lone Star. Like, that's one of the things that we've been playing a lot of. Like, I used to like be focusing on a faction until I got, like, very decent, but I we have to stop that for the Lone Star fall down. Anyway, but long story short, uh, the emissary still gets the minus one. The minus one is an aura off of anybody that has an upgrade, so you can just pair somebody else that has the upgrade with the emissary. Yep. That's and then now good. the emissary is defense eight, willpower six. Pretty like much. It, it's so it's gross. Real good. It's real good. And since you brought up effigy, he's great. I think he's the best effigy of all the factions as well. <laughs> and I do like to pick him a lot, but it is a little risky on Cursed Objects, to be fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I need to play him more, but I don't know if he's the best effigy out of all of them. I know that he gets a lot of use. 
Oh, I I find so much value in that fourth stone guy. He's phenomenal. And for a master like, for instance, Lord Cooper, who also has play in Cursed Objects, the accomplice and lead the way is so meaningful when your master doesn't really want to walk and shoot. Um, so, yeah, we have some good options. and But, yeah, I would say for me, McCabe's definitely a, a key consideration for this one too. And I think on the Jedza point... I think you can build an unkillable bubble with Jedza, and I think that's great. Some some crews will have the ability to pick you apart and pull models away from the bubble, and that could be dangerous. So I think if you're playing Jedza, totally fine, very viable in cursed objects. I think you just want to know your opponent's crew quite well to understand what tools do they have to pull your bubble apart. Because if you can keep your bubble together, yeah, your opponent's going to have a rough day in the office. But if, if they can pull you apart, oof, okay, then you're in a bit of trouble because most of Seeker is a keyword. Their stats are not very good. So uh, I mean, they, they I, will die. Granted, they got a lot of other abilities that are not stats because they're very, very slow. Pretty much average speed four in the entire keyword. That being yeah. said, though, my keyword that I don't like for this was uh, Syndicate. And honestly, yeah, it's because it. it's probably mostly because of my playstyle. I could not figure out a way to do hit and run tactics with them, and they just died. Yeah, that's. I, I think you're, you're pretty onto it with that. I, I think th the model they have, which has good range, is a Catalan Rifleman. And although he's got like the ability to make one stat seven shot a turn, like it's just not cutting it for that long range pick apart. And if you're playing hit and run, it's it's so vulnerable to someone just like walk, walk, charging. Oh, whoops, I killed your five stone minion. And then now they're a point up and you're struggling. So I also agree. Anya's pretty yep. yeah, squishy. Not great. She's super not great squish. here. Yeah. Well, I am going to pick something different. <laughs> I was going to say McCabe and Jedza. I'll say McCabe because I think that's a pretty, like, I, I would feel very comfortable in killing stuff and my stuff not dying there. Uh, I will say maybe for my second pick, I mean, you got to be able to kill stuff when you're playing Lord Cooper, right? I mean, Lord Cooper has a big gun or he makes things attack out of activation and that all seems fun too. So I think you could do that with Lord Cooper. I'm not the best Lord Cooper player, but I do feel like he has a lot of playability when it comes to that. And then, um, I, so I don't, you said you have a decent amount of games with Cooper. I mean, do you, yeah. do you prefer the big boomstick or the bow hunter? I like both of them. Um, yeah, I have maybe when Explorers dropped, I soloed him for about 50 straight games. So I mm -hmm. really enjoy Cooper. Um, I think the gun is just slightly better in cursed objects. Um, in addition, one point of armor and uh, laugh off on him is really yeah. good for cursed objects. You're not going to get, oops, I got lured twice across the board. There goes my master kind of thing. Um, McCabe 2, uh, sorry, McCabe 2, Lord Cooper 2 with the bow. Um, he's good and he's really fun, but all the beasts are really squishy and that could be a big liability yeah. in cursed objects. They you have no, no damage mitigation anywhere. You've got hard to wound, but honestly, that's not cutting it in today's game. So I would lean McCabe. Uh, sorry, I keep saying McCabe. Lord Cooper won with that, that 14 uh, inch rifle. If I was going to pick him, that's the one I would go for. Yeah. And I think you're right. It probably fits more for curse because you just have to kill one model a turn, right? So 
you could literally just move Lord Cooper around the board and just be like, there's a all I want to kill, pow, pow, and they're dead. Yeah, exactly. We've, we figure out a, a lot of ways to stop them in our games. And, and I would say, so me being the guild player that I, I am at times, yeah. I will say I think Bass is probably the worst when it comes to <laughs> first objects. I His keyword just evaporates sometimes i mean you have the you know what the rough riders or whatever uh i mean bass and jonathan are the tankiest models in that keyword and even they usually die eventually i don't, <laughs> don't feel comfortable without a coat and guess so, what you don't get in, yeah in, i was gonna uh, say you don't have you don't have lead line coat so you can be moved around you don't have that armor one and then you also i mean stoke nod can only get you so far I, I noticed that like the upgrades in this faction are not very good. They're almost as bad as the ones in Outcast. I think flush with cash is very good, but it's not. Like, right. like it's you. You are right. Leadline code is the big thing that you miss. The other thing I know about Bass <laughs> in that that big difference point is in Guild at least he's your severe terrain master. Let's go favorable terrain that's welcome there because it's kind of unique in Guild. Yeah. In Explorers, none of our crews care about terrain at all. So. Um, he's not unique from that perspective. And um, the other thing is in Guild, you can bring Sly to do that, like, I'll draw four cards, lol, yeah. thank you. Whereas Explorers, we don't have that uh, readily available for him. So He is the hardest hitters in terms of raw damage, if I remember correctly. You can pack the most amount of cheap min 3, um, sure. that's for sure. But it's very squishy min yeah. 3, because again, no leadline coat. Um, Correct. I, I don't disagree with that, but I remember, I remember yeah. like they had a lot of moderates of four, yes, and mid threes. Yeah, so, and that, I mean that's the problem with them though is you're starting so far up the board where you're like, yeah, I'm going to get all these you know alpha shots off, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh crap, I didn't kill enough models. Now I'm dead. <laughs> yep. And so that, what, that's that's my your, pick. I mean, one of your best models is also like hard to play with uh, if you're a new player, which is the the, the worm. Ah, oh, I love the sandworm. Yeah, the worm is incredible, but like if Good you fun. misplay yeah. it, you basically waste the points or the killing with it. Yeah, I definitely think anytime you have like a sandworm or a soulstone miner or a model that does that kind of similar mechanic, it takes a while to kind of get like the cadence of like how you want to activate and when you want to drop this and when you want to bury it. So it, it definitely takes some practice playing those types of models. Yeah, and I think with the sandworm, you need to be really, really careful with your control hand as well. Like, when you want to commit the sandworm, and I love the sandworm, you really want a low ram to get that trigger when he unburies to get a free yeah. swing in melee. And then you also probably need a few cards to make sure he actually lands his hits. Um, so then you need to ask, which of my keywords are okay with me reserving, like, two to three cards just for my eight or nine stone uh, enforcer to get in some min three hits? Yeah. Uh, it's still a really, really good model. And I think, oddly enough, in Cursed Objects, he's really cute because him killing can still secure you the point for Cursed Objects. And then if they attack you and you have a low mask, you just bury. So there's a point to be said. You could bring him into any keyword on certain maps for Cursed Objects, and he could be good fun. Um, so I have a lot of respect <laughs> and, and love you, for him. You would want to bring the Sandworm with Lord Cooper too. So yes. that's definitely something I would want to try. It's it is good there. Um, it's very fun there. I will say you will have no control hand at all. <laughs> Lord Cooper two eats his own control hand like no one, and um, so that can be a bit of a struggle. But it is a good fun um, 
and I, I have enjoyed it in that keyword a lot. Well, cool. Let's go ahead and get into some carve a path and then. So with sure. carve a path, I'd be interested to see what you like here, Michael. So what, do, what are you digging into carve a path for explorers? Uh, so this is probably our best strat. We have lots of fantastic picks, um, partially because botanists are great. We also yep. have Vernon and Wells, which are versatile. They're really, really good for this. Um, you also have Dr. Beeb and Calypso, which are phenomenal at this. So we've got lots of good picks. I would start with McCabe 2 as my primary go-to here. I think he makes botanists unreal, and they're obviously very strong here. Um, you also have a couple of different options to grow them more efficiently. Um, and by that, I mean, when you push the Carver Path marker, it removes any markers it goes over. So if you were to put terrain, scrap, or corpse beneath it, and then interact to push it, it removes that marker, and then your botanists get another grow token. Um, yeah, and, and on top of that, you still have Desper and Hucksters too. So Yes, absolutely. And so they, they really play a big part of it. Um, and there's so many different ways you can build this crew, depending on the, the map and the opponent and the rest of the scheme pool. If there's lots of ski markers, then like you say, Desper and Huckster are just like S tier. Um, if it's a bit more killy with Carve the Path as just there, by the way, I'll happily drop Triple Botanist um, <laughs> and and I'll do that all day long yeah. and make McCabe more of like a, I will run up you're, and annoy you while the Botanist you're is a just for every point. Oh, yes. I mean, it's um, kind of funny because like Hucksters, they kind of look like they're really, really bad when you like look at them superficially, but it's secret passage secret passage makes them just disgusting. never bad never bad yeah. i mean it's really yeah. hard to catch a model that can move 25 inches across the table yeah especially because you can give them fast so easily so you you can wait until the very last activation and as long as you've reserved cards for them which you can do in this keyword you draw cards secret passage secret passage false claim he'll here's my detonate charges and if that's in there here's my breakthrough um, there's so many different ways you can do that. Hucksters um, <laughs> are great, so absolutely. The main difference between Hucksters, I mean, aside from the distance, because like uh, Skulkers can only do like 19, I think it is, at top end. But not, Skulkers only need to pass one check, and Hucksters need to pass two. But like you said, Keyword feeds into that. Keyword gives you cards a lot. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And the other thing that they help with is they can produce scrap early. They have a mask trigger on their false claim to get you a scrap marker. And that's very, very welcome here because you want to get your upgrade engine going nice and smoothly. Um, they play an integral part to that. So uh, definitely McCabe. And I think there's so many different ways you can build the, the keyword. There's even an argument here for McCabe 1, although I have learned the hard way to just try to go to McCabe 2 as often as possible. <laughs> He's just much yeah. more solid. And what's your second keyword that you're liking there? I, I, again, genuinely think every master has a good chance here. But one that I like as a spicy pick is Lord Cooper. Because, um, like we've said, he's pretty good at shooting things. Um, if your opponent is picking cheap models to push the marker, which is very common, there's a very good chance he can one-shot it. Um, nice. He also can support botanists relatively easily. Um, you bring your own runaways back from the midpoint, stand them next to your markers, you kill them, now there's a corpse, then you push the marker through the corpse, now you get a grow token for free. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can get your botanists, even in this keyword, pretty uh, grown up nice and fast. 
Um, and you also have Artemis, uh, the dog, which I really like Artemis. And she already has nimble move six unimpeded. So you kind of have a botanist, which is really squishy, but requires no setup already in the keyword. Um, so Lord Cooper's really cute. I think he's got some play here. There are a lot of matchups he hates, so that's going to influence whether you take him or not. But I do think if you, if you like Lord Cooper, he definitely has a, a, a strong case for Carbapath. I, I love everything thematic about this man, but it, when I put him on the table, mechanically, I wanted to slap babies. It's just like, no, anger, <laughs> anger. That being said, though, it's kind of funny because I kind of have to like make an apology um, because we are talking about Artemis, and you're absolutely right. Artemis is amazing. And I just recently found out that the stupid crap, but then hounds are incredible and carve the path. They die, oh, yes. but they're so freaking cheap. They're like half the points of Artemis, and they die yes. slightly not as hard as Artemis, I guess. Artemis dies real quick, but if you put her on one flank, she can run a marker across the midway pretty efficiently, and she can also push your own models around. I think the thing people miss maybe when they read Artemis is even if she just yells at McCabe, uh, Lord Cooper twice, now he's 12 inches up the board. Yeah, and you can move that like across um, sideways to get a good angle, and, and then you can still nimble around. So we have a battle for we have a battle for real uh, where I think I pushed uh, what, what was it like fourteen fifteen? That was ridiculous. Eighteen well, yeah. inches. It was yeah, something. Anus. I had like Atherac, you know, and I put his little weird stones up, and then there was a cloud of concealment. And you still were able to like bark him over where he still got a shot off turn one. And we were playing corner deployment. So we yeah. literally, we have it on video. Like, it's like, this is absurd. Like, this is how much movement you can get in this keyword. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, what's your uh, not take into uh, Carve Path? It relies on the scheme pool a bit, but I would probably avoid Terry if I can help it. Um, Terry has good movement tricks. What she doesn't have is the ability to interact, move, interact, or anything like that. Um, and I think if you pick Tyrion Carver Path, you probably want the tradition ideal upgrade so that Ouroboros moves a bit quicker. But that's a bit of a limiting factor if you really want to be stuck in one upgrade most of the game. Um, there's more reasons than just that to be in tradition, but I think that's going to dominate your, your selection. And I think most of the crew is it kind of relies on other components to help push you around. And that's not really conducive to Carver Path, in my opinion. It also doesn't help that Terry herself doesn't ignore concealing. And there'll be naturally more concealing on the table because of Carver Path. So yeah. I, she's not a bad master, but she would probably be one that I don't reach for immediately for Carver Path. Interesting. Huh. What about you, Dixon? What do you like? I was going to say Terry. Which is why I was like, that's interesting. Uh, he's like, oh, Yeah, no, I, I really like Tyrion, this extra... The, it basically, there's so much uh, after-effect movement that you can just position models out of the activation. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I know that the first one, my personal favorite for this is actually Jetsa 1, specifically because of uh, the three-inch move and drop a scheme marker and the lamplighters. Those are the two things that I absolutely love about that keyword. Yeah, I have a personal hatred for lamplighters, so yeah. just like, know if I play against you and you're playing Jetsa <laughs> with lamplighters, I'm going to light them up. Yeah, yeah. Like Pun you, intended. You literally light up the lamp, 
And then you can move the car parkers however you find. I hate it like you move within what, like two inches of them and then you get, is it distracted? Is that what you get? It's all yes. stupid like that. Well, I get pluses and you get distracted. And it yeah, also counts as yeah. concealing. So then you can, and, and you can also interact through the lamps with the lamp lighters. There was a game where I straight up went into Jetsa with, I was playing Hoffman 2. And I brutalized that crew, and I didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been, I've been, uh, which we call it, on the up, uh, the opposite end of your rampages, because like I know I've, you hate those models. I've played against Jedsa a lot, like before she got nerfed and after. I played against Jedsa a lot. I hate that keyword because it's such a good bubble crew, and if you don't know how to tear that apart, it is a nightmare. You also have in keyword my favorite model in neverborn what's that the kerrigan <laughs> <laughs> that is he, your favorite model he knows oh my god he's sick and tired of seeing the kerrigan outside of keyword i forgot it was i've honestly forgot it was jets's keyword too you <laughs> <laughs> bring it so much <laughs> yeah I, I think in in um I guess to back up your Jetsa statement, I think especially if you position your car of the path markers that you can push them kind of towards each other and then go up the middle then as that bubble crew, yeah, she's dangerous. Very, very scary. Um, I would just say one counterpoint or something for the op opponent to consider. If you're putting down your lamp markers, you can push the carve markers over yeah. them and they'll just get removed. So just something to watch out if you do play Jedza and, and something to look for as an opportunity if you're playing against Jedza. And, yep. and strangely enough, I, I do, this is an addendum uh, to my Teary Master pick. Uh, it used to be um, freaking the secret agent guy uh ivan but the secret agent type title and the reason why that changes because i was misplaying my bonus action i thought that my bonus action allowed me to do a non-bonus action on a dual model and pete like one of the games he realized like dixon it's only bonus actions i was like oh and then i try to play it again and it really <laughs> like, it ruined like the gel uh, like the I've flow yeah it was really terrible so Unfortunately, until I can get back to being decent again with the Dua, uh, I, I guess I can't pick them. Yeah, they, they, they are a tough keyword to play just generally. And I think Carver Path, they like the fact that there's concealing terrain moving around. That's nice for them. Um, but they're a tricky keyword to play these days. <laughs> yeah. Is that your uh, not pick, Dixon? No, no, no. Oh, okay. So as not pick, it, it's very, very basic. It's It's... It's Nexus, and it's mostly because I hate it. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's Apex. That's the honest to God truth. But it's mostly because Apex literally doesn't have very good models to actually move a card marker while it's also trying to set up for a kill or Defender Master. Because that's like the big one. And also, like, Apex models are not very tanky, except for like maybe two models. Like, I love Model 9, and he can move a card marker by himself, but. The dog is like super squishy. So yeah, I do it once and then she dies because it happened before. It happened with, with Pete a lot. Like my dogs did not survive the day. But Model 9, yeah, but the Model 9, yeah, Model FM 9 dogs. has been MVP in a couple of the games that we played. Like, I really can't say anything. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I understand. And I would agree if, if, you're, if you really like the keyword and you want to play apex the keyword.com like yeah they could struggle i like to reach for a lot of versatiles and so i have no compunction just going for um 
one to two bonuses and or burn in a wells for example well it, it seems um, like you could bring those and just play yes. the master you like in carve yep. i guess <laughs> yeah and and that's the that's the part i like because lord cooper is so dangerous to enemy scheme runners that um he can do his thing on deletion mode while the rest of your crew kind of runs the strategy um so but i i do understand and and yeah, you do make some valid points. Artemis does die real I do, quick. <laughs> I do need to try out actually carve. Now that I'm thinking about it, talking with you guys over the course of this episode, I realized that maybe I should try Lucas McCabe with a couple of botanists again. Oh yes, every day they do. Um, you and get they a in fact wild on a Saturday. Just a little wild. Those, those people are hearing about McCabe. They're getting excited. Um, the other thing about <laughs> bonus is um. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, talking to you guys, I feel that I need to try McCabe again with this because I probably did not play this correctly, and I just have to focus on the botanist models doing their thing while McCabe tries to defend them. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and 100%. They also get fast on this keyword, so they can go walk, interact, walk, interact. There are so many different permutations when you have four general AP of what you can do, um, and you only need a four for the, the target number of your onwards, so... Yes, 100%. That's why McCabe's my top pick for Carver Path. Uh, very, very, very strong. Yeah, I just I just never gave it a try, but like listening to you, like that makes perfect sense. Like I completely forgot that that's a thing. Yeah, so my picks are going to be a little different. One, I, I think that honestly, Anya with Syndicate could be really interesting in Carver Path. Um, I've seen some good players do some really nutty things with her. And it could be the argument that you just bring those versatile models and Anya just runs interference and kills like squishy scheming stuff. Because I honestly, I feel like except for like maybe the beginning when Explorers first got released, I don't see a lot of Anya being played, but hostile work environment can be a nightmare. And she has so much crap just to murder the bejesus out of you. I'm, I mean, hazardous scheme markers, you know, bleeding edge is just a nightmare of a bonus action. And she's just, she's just good. So I, I think you could run her and just terrorize people. And if they aren't bringing a heavy hitting crew, you'd have a real, real good game of it. Now she does struggle into crews that either ignore hazardous or crews that are a little tankier. So if like somebody played Hoffman one with all this armor two stuff, she might not like it, but generally speaking, she's pretty good at just taking down what she wants to. She also has access to an eight stone Winston Finnegan. I can play for Winston's a beast. I don't know if people know that, but he's good. <laughs> yeah. He, she also has Catalan rifleman five stones interact twice while walking or like so that's really and, good to help and up. her totem is stupid that's very good that's very they good. also eat scheme markers yeah, dude dixon how many games do you have against or with anya uh only like three or four dude that totem that she has is disgusting i literally that is one of the totems in malifo where i'm like this is a kill on site totem yeah yeah, yeah absolutely 100 percent. every single time i played against anya because he'll stun the bejesus out of you He's actually pretty Sovereign hard to does kill a lot. too. He, if you ignore armor, he dies to a stiff breeze. Yeah. If you don't, wow, it's so annoying. Um, yeah, I just have the horrible, horrible desire to make operatives like do more than they're supposed to do. I love operatives, and I think they're they're quite good on cover path. Again, you've got moving concealed terrain, which is great for ambush. 
um, and you're getting your plus flips from it instead of um, negative flips, and they annihilate ski markers. I, I guess the, the thing for me on Anya, I really like her. I would generally only pick her if the scheme pool is great for her anyway, though. Yeah. Um, so, but I can see why you would say she's kind of interesting in Carver Park. Well, she she's zips around decent. the board too. It's pretty gross. She is fast, yes. Um, and this would be a time where you're like, cool, I will grab Vernon and Wells to supplement my pushing power and then have Anya run disruption, like you say, sovereign to go pick off things or just stun everyone. Yeah, and is this this is weird because I personally thought that Rail Magnet would have been better, but I like everything that beats it. I haven't I have no games with Rail Magnet, so I I couldn't tell you. But the, the, the Rail Magnet being able to obey people to just randomly interact a yet again on a marker, that could be nice. Um, so there is some value in, in considering Anya too. And my other pick, I'm actually going to do Bass. So I actually think Bass has some play. One, you could bring the versatiles that Liam was talking, or not Liam, sorry, <laughs> that Michael was talking about. Sorry, I talked to, talk to Liam a lot. It's okay. But <laughs> you could bring those models or you could bring Rough Riders if you really like those. Uh, you could also just bring your normal frontier crap. But the main reason I like Bass into this is because one, you're deploying up the battlefield, right? So that allows you to get in positions where you can do some really good chain, like throw the card markers. And then the other thing I like about Bass is I think he's good at countering other crews because a lot of his stuff, they ignore concealing markers and crap. Also, they just generally either can kill you. So Bass 1 could just shotgun the crap out of you. Or you could bring Bass 2 where you're just making your models, you know, just so their activations are so just neutered that Bass is just shackling them up. He's giving them stun, staggered, slow, and you don't even have enough AP to do what you want to do now. So I've had some cool activations where, you know, you pulse out staggered on a bunch of models. You do some, you're coming with me triggers and you're putting slow and staggered on like three different models. It gets pretty gross in those kind of situations. And then you add on the wanted posters. So even if your opponent does want to take an action like onwards, suddenly yep. when you need plus two to that, it's really not fun. Yep. Oh my Lord, you're right. I forgot about the, the wanted posters. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, like, it's not... If you asked me if it was the best pick, I would say probably not because I think McCabe probably is better than Bass in it. But I think if you like that play style of like, oh, I'm going to set up some good pushes and then I'm also either going to delete you or make your activation suck, Bass is really good at that. And then I also like bringing uh, Clockwork Traps. So you want to know what? You got to kill those before you can push your marker. That's fun. <laughs> that is absolutely... Holy crap, I forget. Dude... So far, I think this is a faction that has had the most options in Carve. Oh, yes. I think you're right. It's, it's our, we're great at Carve. We're great at Break the Line. You could even bring something like Nexus 2 and just have a bunch of AP that dies real easy but pushes a lot. So there's so many options for Carver Path. It's really yeah. the one when you see this as an Explorer pa player, your, your your lips are frothing. You're so excited because you it's, have it's so many probably good options. Almost, it's probably almost, Michael, that like you were like what you were saying, you almost like I can do this with a variety of masters, but which which schemes are better yes. for a specific master? Which which schemes? Which masters do you prefer playing, or you have the most experience? I think the matchup against your opponent is also really really important. That. Um, explorers 
to date struggle against heavy armor crews a lot for example so if i see that i'm against someone who's probably dropping armor maybe arcanist or guild i'm leaning even more towards mccabe if it's something like yeah. neverborn where that's less likely then i might p look for a more unconventional pick perhaps um strangely enough i think anya has some great play against neverborn with all your high willpower and stuff but um that's i was going to mention that because like well it's not so much about the neverborn specifically but the willpower part uh anya has the highest willpower she does well that's not true it's seeker technically yes but, but it's only jedza who has good willpower everyone else in seeker is pretty scared yeah. of everything but um anya's willpower seven sovereign's willpower seven winston's willpower six so of if you're just looking from a what's my willpower perspective then syndicate is surprisingly pretty good there it's true uh, i forgot that uh most of the stuff tops out at five in seeker you're absolutely right it is anya yeah and then my uh my not pick would be Maxine and the EVS crew, just because. <laughs> just because I, I always say I'm too stupid to play this keyword. I don't want to mess with it. I mean, that explains also what happened to Harada. I'm just saying. Yeah, Harada. He's EVS. F that model. I don't need that, that model. model is I don't need that model anymore. Nick, throw it in the trash. That model is amazing. Shoot. Uh, Doctor Baby no, Calypso. Quick counterpoint are pretty good for Carve. I'll just say that. I don't care, Michael. I hate the keyword. <laughs> reasonable. No, it's it's actually unreasonable, but that's okay for this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Calypso by himself, it's just like one one model army in that are enough mission is insane. Is Calypso so counterpoint here? Not counterpoint, but different point. Is Calypso still good enough, Michael? That you see a lot of explorer players bringing out a keyword, or is that not a thing anymore? Um, yes and no. I think when you bring them, you're bringing them for a very specific reason. If you're desperate okay. for cards, so I actually like them in Lord Cooper 2, for example. Sounds a bit weird, but you need those cards, and they're quite a nice independent model to just run around and do your thing. They can also heal Lord Cooper because he's a construct, so that's kind of cute. He has very limited healing in keyword. Dr. Beeb can heal him, um, so that's maybe... It's not that common, to be honest. I think they did a good job making them a 14 Soulstone package rather than a 12 soulstone package um gotcha. so i think if you really value massive tentacles then yeah you might consider them but especially because also the, the defense on calypso went from six to five now i think that they are a maxine almost always pick um and then occasionally you might look at them with another keyword okay yeah i mean it's literally 10 points of six health armor too well before so before I, they got nerfed you saw them almost everywhere <laughs> so yes yes they were good that's like um thing I, I i do like them in lord cooper too because when um dr beeb makes calypso take an attack it's out of sequence so he gets plus one to a stat yep. so you have a stat seven massive tentacles attack yeah i, I, I really saw like. i saw cody hyatt just beat the crap out of somebody with that in a lord cooper uh, two list and it was dirty i was like you're you're a bad man cody <laughs> it's good fun and the other cute thing there is even if you can't afford both you just hire calypso and you throw a runaway into calypso because now you still have a two a, a two activation beater which is not quite as good as b but it's free so <laughs> all right well let's go ahead and move on to covert so standing at a point and not being engaged so what keywords do you like into this michael a lot of interesting picks for this one i think if we're valuing two inch melee maxine two is really good here um 
we have Maxine herself, we have Bo, we have Orville. They all have reach two attacks. If you bring Harata and Orkir, there's even more. Um, I really like Intrepid Emissary here. It's possible to hire a crew with like six plus models which have reach two. And uh, Bo has that one inch push that we talked about earlier. That's super good here. Lead the way is super good here. Maxine can um, use her bonus action to position models around. Um, and if you kill Maxine, then once per game she goes anywhere on the center line, that seems really good for COVID Ops as well. Oops, yep. you killed my master. Well, now she's on the other flank, scoring that point and denying you from scoring that point. So in a one-up, like which keyword is really good and I would say pretty easy to play on COVID Ops, Maxine 2 is quality. Um, Another one which is very good at COVID Ops is Nexus. Um, Will of Cadmus Ooh. occurring at the uh, end of all activations is really powerful for manipulating the board. If your opponent has five pass tokens and they're like, I'm going to go last and do my thing, well, not against Nexus, you're not, because right at the very end, when all models have activated, then Nexus goes again, takes two actions to, I don't know, make my Berserker Husker walk to engage your scorer, and then I'll make Meredith walk to control another point, for example. That's really powerful in Covert Ops. Um, and Nexus is also able to sort of project a bubble of where your opponent just definitely doesn't want to be because you just have this writhing swarm of parasite tokens. And so yeah, if your opponent's I trying to compete in the middle, too. they, uh, they're going to get dunked. I, I was surprised because at least here in the States, I mean, I haven't been to every region of the States, but I can say I don't hear a lot of people playing Nexus 1. So I find it interesting that you've seen and have played and like you're like, yeah, this is still a very good keyword into Covert. Yes, they are very good. They're slightly slow to unpack. So corner Covert, you might struggle with unless you're really efficient with your unpack. But certainly um, things like standard flank, you can get in a position where Will of Cadmus just becomes such a powerful action you can really, really, really control the scoring at the end of the turn. Um, and, and if the rest of the scheme pool is conducive to Nexus, then they are tough to beat. A really skilled Nexus player on COVID Ops is a nightmare to play against. I don't miss seeing those models as much, though. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> if you never have to hear Parasite Token again in the game, I'm sure you'd be happy. <laughs> I tell you what, I like Malifaux a lot, but that was the closest I came to being like, if I see Nexus, I'm not playing the game. Like that's that's kind of where I was before they got nerfed. I was like, if you drop this, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> yes, the Nexus one pre-nerf was absolute horror, and then Nexus two with the triple botanist build in something like Carver Path or um, Break the Line back in the day. Oh, that was just it yep. wasn't a game. It really wasn't. So, uh, but now since those nerfs, Nexus one has a nice niche carved into um, into GG three. Yeah, I still have like the whole AIDS epidemic in my head every single time I hear Nexus, though. It's like, ah, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what's the keyword, Michael, that you wouldn't play then into a covert? I would try my best to probably avoid Anya. She has no reach to, she's very squishy. Uh, in fact, half of her models don't even have a melee attack or it's reached zero. So you're not yeah. very good at controlling this. You're also quite a squishy keyword that gets value from hurting yourself. That's not great when you're trying to contest several centerline points. Um, there is things you can do to have an okay game, but I would probably try leave Anya on the shelf for covert operations if I could help it. All right. Well, Dixon, what about you? What do you like into covert? So 
this is my syndicate. This is my Black Ivan one drop. Uh, but with a caveat, I haven't actually tested this out. Uh, this used to be my, you know, the tried and true, uh, freaking Lucas McCabe and uh, even Cornelius Pass was like above uh, Ivan. But then we found out that summon models can actually block off people from scoring, and that I value very highly. There's also the fact that I can get cheap version of uh, the ninja guy that stays buried. Jin, Jin, Jin Bakara. Yep. yep. Easy, yeah. That Pete comes. <laughs> All right, yeah. Ma- Michael, I want your he's opinion on this it. model. So, yeah, he's like Dixon, that's your crush Dixon system. will bring this thing <laughs> in almost any keyword. How much do you either not like or like? Jin? Uh, Jin, I think he's Jin. A, I want to kick him in the nuts. Jin has a storied <laughs> history of annoying both players at the table. Um, Jin is he's fine. Jin is he's good, but. What I've observed with Jin, he's either going to be an eight soulstone tax that does nothing, or he's going to win you a game. He's he can do both things. Um, the pass token is very powerful. His dart is actually very good as well to attack with. Um, so like in Carver Path, if you did take Ivan, even if they don't have a minion, you just like walk up, stand in the marker, and just shoot darts. Like that's real good. Um, and obviously a pass token is great for covert operations to get that last activation as well. I do like that. In general, is Jin a great model? He's like an often hire for me. If I really value that extra pass token, I'll bring him into a lot of keywords when I when I find that I really really need that. But he has the, the best. He has the big asterisk. He is eight stones, oh, and for most keywords, the pass token is the main reason you bring him. Um, and I'll so one eleventh of my list for a model that is going to make my opponent play differently. <laughs> I'm just saying. It is there is big so value. You can in say it. it was like, oh, he's an eight point asterisk. It's like no 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 no. Every single time the gin is on the table, if my opponent is not careful, he's gonna lose the game. I think he's okay. I I think if your opponent doesn't bring minions, he's less good. And like you said, in Ivan, it makes it a little okay because you're gonna definitely have concealment somewhere. Oh, where you want he's, it. Auto, he's auto higher there because he also just is a bit cheaper so it's even more yeah, palatable yeah. Um, seven points always has concealment and if you're playing the the secret agent he also has a, a ambush as a as a bonus action so he gets extra movement yeah he, he's a good model there are keywords where i want to bring him but eight stones is such a big investment that it's like how do i make space for him but in certain strats and you know when gg4 drops or something if there's more strats which are telling us that last activation is crucial obviously his um stocks will go up and yeah. he's, he's going to be good there so i mean, I, I, I just don't see the eight point, like i paid nine points gladly for the kurgan you're not gonna <laughs> like oh my god dixon sticker shocker you don't gotta pay eight points it's dixon's like, like if it's not 12 stones i don't want to hear about it yeah, if it's not 10 stones, I don't care. I'm not even going to bat an eyelash. This man is going to win me the game, or I'm going to die trying. What's your <laughs> What's your second bring, Dixon? So so that's the reason. Stipulation, always going to bring Jin Bakra for this mission, period, end of story. And English Ivan, ter- theoretically, I think the first version, because when we were playing, he was my better of the two. Sure. And, I, and the fact that his, uh, his summons also do that, I mean... I should test the same. Anyway, but we, we get that. It's the summons. The second version also has automatic summons. You know, all that good stuff. Uh, that being said, uh, second keyword, I don't want to say Lucas McCabe again, but my God, that man is everywhere. <laughs> and then he is good. He is. He, well, yeah, he's like in 
three out of my four so far, and I don't think that I'm going to go for him on the last one, but it's going to be difficult. <laughs> McCabe is one of those masters where if, if you wanted to sink 100 games into one master, he'd be the one you pick, and he has yeah. he has a game against everyone on any pool. Yes. Um, at the last event I attended, I played him four rounds out of five. So <laughs> that gives you an idea. I mean, He's, he does everything. So His, his worst models are still usable like ruffians are really bad and they still have a job it's a, th a cheap throwaway five point model that you're gonna put like something on them uh or nothing at all and just be annoying for five points or sid who everybody in their mothers told me that he was bad but every single time i put him on the table he does work i don't mind him i i quite yeah. like uh, i've got the cherry bomb scalp and that gun is scary if your opponent's not ready for yeah. that Two, three, six with a repeat on the mask is very dangerous. So I, I quite oh like uh, Sidir. Yeah, the top end of six is the reason why I pick it. That and he's ruthless. Yeah, and you, so you like, throw like the mirror on him or whatever too. So he's like got know the warrior uh, can draw a card. Yes, I think it's the mask. But yes, yeah, whatever it is, it's one of the other one. All right. Well, what's your uh, not take then? This one is Nexus. That? Heresy. No, no, this one is heresy. For the exact same. Ah, you said the same thing. I don't want to hear. He said Anya like Arian. I know, I know. But like he said the same thing, I think it was the last mission. And the point is, in cover ops, there's there's just nothing that is that is gonna stand there that I care about other than like Nexus itself or the children. And it's like one or three models depending, and I can kill a child. I'm just saying. <laughs> can we record? So yeah, that? no, that's that's <laughs> Have that oh yeah, dude! I say worse things. I, I I started the episode saying that I slap babies. Like literally, <laughs> if you yeah, if you become a regular of the show, trust me, I say some funny stuff. Uh, that being said, yeah, no, like I find Nexus to be very bleh, and it comes to standing in a place and not having to entreat. I don't know what it is, and I don't like sacrificing my big pieces. Like I can, if you only have like one or two big points that you're gonna hold a stage. I don't know. I just feel like it's easy to stop them. Hmm. I think that um, you're right in the sense that there's no good two-inch reach here. Yep, point taken. And in fact, some of our best models like Meredith and Archivist have no melee. Yes, you're right. I agree with you there. Um, being in the Nexus sort of bubble is a very dangerous place to exist. And Will of Cadmus alone means even if you're not right up in there, like for turn two, you can often say, I will get a point and you won't. And that honestly is, my, in my experience, that might be enough of a lead, a one-point lead to just snowball you, to just stay ahead the rest of the game. Um, so yeah. that Will of Cadmus is just so brutal. I mean, I understand that, but it's like, it's not automatic. You still get to defend yourself, and at the end of the turn, you usually don't have cards with with, uh, with uh, Nexus. They, if you're saving a, tough... a 13 for the very last part of the turn, then yeah, you deserve... They they are tough to manage your cards to some degree, I will, I will say that much. Um... I will just check Will of Cadmus. It's range six. It's stat uh, X, where X is equal to the number of friendly models yeah, yeah, yeah. played divided by two. So it could be four on average because eight models divided by two, four. And that's the part that I'm like, you have to. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm wrong because I haven't played it. I think the fact but that you that's just what I got um, when I was like looking at the information. If you just do it on your own models though, then there's no resist and it's quite easy to just make that work. And also think if you're playing Nexus, you're trying to swarm the board if you're like doing your thing. And so 
on average, yeah. you should have your two nests, probably two eyes and ears, and then all of your core hires, maybe some stomach yeah, yeah, husks no. as well. Granted, but my opponent's going to kill some. That's why I said on average, you're going to have like eight models. Granted, I'm taking into account that I was playing the children, and in the children, I had an average of 10 models by like turn three. So True. maybe that's the big difference, because I just took off two children and left just Nexus, leaving me with eight. So I did pay attention. I did not play the first version more than one game, if at all. I don't even remember. The children, though, I, I did play like four games, and I just did not like it. I don't think that they are particularly great for COVID ops, no. It would it would always be Nexus 1 if I'm picking the, the yeah. keyword here. I played them in cover ops, and I played them in guard the stash, thinking that I could like obey people out of the way and stuff. Or not obey, but you know, special ability, push them away, or tell them, please, go away. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as my pick, I would also probably say McCabe, just because I think he's, he's just good at it. But I would actually, especially if I'm playing in wedge or standard i think covert i like jedza a lot um i actually like jedza one still i mean she has a weary road uh plenty of wares is always good uh if there's a ton of terrain she can just start doing a bunch of ridiculous things uh so yeah i mean lamplighters are good you have the damned hopping around doing what he wants and you have the kurgan which dixon loves so i just i think I think Jetson just has a lot of play when it, especially, especially if it's a pool where it's like, we want to bash this out and we're going to do it on these strategy markers. Jets is very hard crew to deal with because <clears throat> healing just triggers all the nonsense. They have life tokens. So you got to like doubly kill them a lot of times. So I, I just like Jets into this pool or into this strategy a lot uh, personally. Jets is completely fine here. Yeah. I'd say if, if you enjoy Jets and the pool encourages it, then she's totally fine on COVID alts. Yeah, and if you just want to be like a savage and like kill things, Jedza 2 is always an option, right? Because it turns out irreducible damage is pretty good. Yeah, rumor has it. It's a pretty nice feature to have. So, yep, yep she's definitely got some legs there to just pick a model and uh, remove my don't, my don't play is Bass again. Bass doesn't like being in the middle of like an entire crew. Uh, and... The fight's going to happen there. The only hope you have, if you play Bass into Covert, and same thing with Guard, honestly, is if you get like a nasty Alpha Strike off, you might be able to hang around long enough to win the game. But I found with Bass, when I played him into Covert or Guard, when you get to turn four and five, you have a lot of models not on the board. Yeah, I, I think he also, a lot of his best models are quite squishy, which, because yeah. I, I look at him like, wow, from an explorer's perspective, I actually get to hire the Ostringers and those kind of cool models. They don't last very long if your opponent no. really wants to kill them. So, yeah. Yeah, I usually, you you almost want to stay at like this eight to 10 inch range, like bubble between you and your opponent. And when you're playing guard the stash, you just can't do that. You have you have to be at this marker, and if you're not, you're not going to score that strategy point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so we got uh, guard the stash, which is it. We found that guard the stash on these have been similar. However, there are some differences in the in the strategy that makes makes it different for some of the keywords we select. Uh, mainly that two-inch reach obviously doesn't mean anything because you can be engaged and still score in this. So this is really the one where it's like, hey, you have to sit in the area and you have to have more models. So, uh, Michael, what do you like and do uh, guard stash? 
Yeah, I got the stash. Um, there's a shout for Nexus again. It's a similar reason to covert operations. It's not quite as crushing the will of Cadmus, but you still do get to manipulate a stash marker by moving models around at the end. That could be helpful. Um, so they're, they're decent. Um, I find Terry's quite strong on this one. The movement tech that she has here is this is where you definitely want it, um, especially the uh, the 10-inch push from your the, the minion, the ancient construct. Just suddenly you're contesting a marker which they didn't think you could, um, or suddenly you have two where previously they thought you only had one. The crew can also be constructed to be extremely hard hitting, um, and and that can just delete models. That's great here. It's also relatively tanky. There are crews which can cut through it real easy uh, if they've got precise and such. But if they don't have that, um, bygone is a pretty tough keyword to shift, and that's super welcome and guard the stash. I think for a similar reason, Jed's is probably another shout. Pretty tough, as we've established already. Um, and similar to COVID Ops, you kind of want to be controlling the center. That's pretty good for Jed's. So those would probably be my two to three kind of picks, depending on what the pool is and what mood I'm in. Your non-pick... Is Anya, you're kind of like, eh, I don't love her into this one either. Yes, I think the only thing Anya brings here is the, um, she has a tactical action which just forces people to move. That is quite good. Um, that's the only bit of tech that the crew really has, which is like proper good. Outside of that, most of a keyword is just not really up to scratch. It's just not that great. I'm just looking for the, the name of that action. What is it called? Union Buster. That's the one. That is genuinely quite good, but that's the only thing she offers, in my opinion. And so I would also try yeah. avoid Anya here. This is uh, English Ivan Double Agent. That's one of them because he's insane, in my opinion, for like displacement because he has uh, a version, a more accurate version of your uh, Colette uh, displacement. You know how you drop a scheme marker, do the thing, yeah. and swap two models out? Presto change -o. He has the same thing, but he also almost always has a plus on the flip. So he's amazing on that. Uh, the only thing that he's not very good at is surviving uh, unless you keep layering it. So you have also, to be more careful. doesn't English Ivan Double Agent have an upgrade that when you play it, you can make an enforcer, like, do something? Uh, you, well... Uh, the one that I always use is the summoning one, but you are right. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I'm going to double check real quick. Yeah, he has, like, yeah I think in the start phase, events. you can like make an enforcer. You obey an yeah. enforcer or minion. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yes. So you, can, it, so you can either attack your opponent's models or you can just be like, hey, you're going like five to seven inches that way. Yep. Turn code. The He's worst like, one oh, I have ever yeah. seen with that is Chris Leopard. He used that on me on my lucky emissary, and he had it bulldozed right through my crew to the other side <laughs> of the board. And I was like, this is awful. That's so yep. good. And, and if I remember correctly, is bulldozed the one that's once per turn? Because I know that. No, it's not one. Like, it's I not once per turn, but it's 12 inches where I didn't want it, and it ran over like all my markers and all my models. It's so, <laughs> so it removed all, but yeah. removed all the markers, and I had to make like six or seven checks. And. You can also choose it three times. I usually always pick the Deva because Devas are just like they're bigger just annoyingly good, yeah. Yeah, because they're just gonna like move people around. They they're very good at that. They're very good at like pushing people and around. They're very clingy. <laughs> exactly. So what's with you and annoying? What's about. with you and annoying minions? You like these stupid aversions. You like these stupid sorrow suckers. You like these stupid Devas. <laughs> 
because they do their job. As long as you give me a model that does their job, I don't mind. If you want to know what kind of person Dixon is, his favorite keyword is whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you monster. In the arms of... All right. So, uh... so double agent, okay. in my opinion, especially I need to put some more games into it. When we were playing, I was enjoying myself because I was like, this is like a different version of Colette. Uh, that being said, my second one was going to be Theory. Uh, basically because of all the movement shenanigans. Like, absolutely. It's literally the number one reason. I tried using the Architect uh, to do the Tyrant's Cage over and over again, but I was not successful. I'm looking at the stats on the faction, and apparently she's she's only been picked like seven, eight times or something like that. So I, I guess she's harder to play than I thought. Uh, but the first version, draw a lot of cards, move people around, win game. Oh, yes. And beat people up as well. You've got some great damage. And, and beat people up. If anybody actually stands and fight you, but like you don't have a lot of move, like uh, high damage stuff. You you have a lot of two damage and then consequential one more damage here and there. I, I do want Parson your... who, oh, in tradition mode, Parson is. Parson never fights. So pa pa Parson dies turn three or two if your opponent's really mad at him. If they're really mad at him, he'll die. But you do have take the hit, so I find if you really want to get him to just hand 12 damage to someone that they can't stop with tradition so they can't cheat, um, if you really want to do that, which I often really want to do, like, he can be so cute. Yeah, and a person dies, like, like a stiff... And yeah, you're right, I could take the hit, but usually he he's nowhere near anybody would take the hit. Now, Michael, I, I want to say on this bygone kind of topic here... I hear tons of people trashing the bejesus out of this Unsealy engine model. Ooh, Do you find spots for that, or is it as unplayable as people say it is? I definitely find place for it. Um, it's real good in specific instances. Against WoW, for example, did you know if yeah. my whole crew can never be stunned? That's pretty good. Um, it's very So <laughs> I think, and it's also willpower 7 randomly. Eight. So Is willpower 8 random? Well, if he, he has that aura, right, where you, like, reduce incoming enemy attacks. Um, yeah, I had a game good. recently where, like, he just never stopped having that aura. He just took damage to keep it on. Yep. So I think he has some interesting stuff he can do. Ancient technology, um, so when a model activates, your opponent either discards a card or you can choose for any number of effects to be ignored. That works both ways. It's really, really cute. Oh, you have life leech? Well, you only have life leech if you want to discard a card. Good luck with that. that ah, a lot suck of it, Titania. It <laughs> yes. There's a lot of cute things. And whoa. It literally, I was like, oh my god, this thing is actually worse than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was like, oh, it's willpower 7 and armor 2. Um, I have to struggle a little bit. But no, like, the most dangerous thing about it was, like, it's passive auras. Yeah. Like, it's just it's, being passively there was like, oh my god, this It's is a annoying. problem for some crews. That being said, it is only a problem for specific reasons i wouldn't hire this every game it's a t it's a tech model and i like to see that to be honest um so kudos for weird to creating a model which is good when you really want it but it's not an auto pick by any virtue i do also like that this model can go into four different factions <laughs> they can all hire him so uh, that's pretty cute i find in general yes is he like a great pick no but he's got his value and he definitely has a place that's so funny. I didn't realize it. He can go in Outcast, uh, Explorers, Undead, and uh, Neverborn. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's so funny. He's yeah, a so, very common So, engine. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I am happy when we see 
kind of models that are more like a tech pick. Uh, specifically, I think somebody mentioned this and I haven't looked at all these cards, but from the ones I did take a good look at, I do agree with that the new cards that got revealed for the new book coming out, it looks like a lot of those cards that got spoiled are, they look kind of like tech picks. They don't look like, you know, a super busted auto include for like every keyword that they revealed. So I am glad that Weird is doing that more with uh, models they're releasing. That they learn from like everybody taking a huge hate boner on the last book. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what happened. Everybody yes. in the mothers was angry at the last book. If we see another Harrison Frodsham, then this game's going to be in disrepute. So. Yeah, yeah. We, so, we, yeah. Uh, we riot. Yeah, yeah, we riot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I will say, though, um, I don't know. I feel like they've done a pretty good job with, uh, with adjusting Harrison. And uh, I think J5 is still fabulous, but... Harrison, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not going to bring this model a bunch, but, you know, Jay Harris, J5, he's he's really good. Johnny Five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think he's going to get picked a lot in a lot of keywords, but I don't think he's actually OP, so I hope that they don't actually nerf him. Did we get your not pick, Dixon? I don't think we did yet. Uh, No, but honestly, I, I just have a huge problem trying to figure it out. I was going to say Nexus again just because I hate them on principle, but, like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I honestly do not see anybody that was actually a bad pick for this. I don't know if that's just again. I'm a moderate player for the faction, but I don't remember having a bad time playing any of the keywords on this or carve really. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so if I'm looking at my picks, I mean, honestly, I still like McCabe into like any guard stash pool. Um, I just think you can drop them. And honestly, second pick, anybody but Bass. I think Bass is my go pick into this. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess if I have to pick ba uh, Bass is the pick. I'd say ba Bass or Anya. Bass or Anya, yeah. they, they both can kind of struggle, I think, into a lot of these pools. But, um, yeah, I, th I would just say McCabe and anybody else besides those two, just because it's it just, it. I think it's solid for most of the Explorer keywords. Jed's is one that I'm very... If I was going to play Explorers, I would pretty much play McCabe and I would play Jedsa. And honestly, I'd be happy with that. Of course, I am now curious about Nexus. Uh, Michael, you kind of like have put a little interest in my brain where I'm like, I got to kind of see what this Nexus does now because I don't know what it does post nerf. Yeah, yeah I, I, I need to play against you with nexus like i said right after lone star fall yeah. down i'm definitely gonna start pay first i'm gonna try to focus on 10 thunders I, I thought nexus was last. still i thought nexus was unplayable after the nerf that shows you how much i looked into it i i, I had the uh, same opinion as well until yeah. um a couple of people were like you know nexus one is quietly still outrageous at certain things um and so if you put a bit of time into getting good with them I think that's the problem with Nexus. Nexus 1 is hard to play. Like, they are not an easy crew. You really need to know how to sequence your activations well. You need to know where your cards are going. You need to know how to evaluate the threats your opponent There's has. There's also a couple, I think it's like three models. There's either two or three models that just did not actually do anything that they were designed to do originally. Like Kavatica. Kavatica's Kavatica abilities, is, like I think half of them. He's doo-doo in Nexus. I don't see why you ever play. See? Like, no, unfortunately. He wasn't 
before, but the, the changes that they did to Nexus One made it so that Kavatica didn't have any job anymore. Yeah. And then the children, there's only one job that they do, and that's Kavatica hits them with the range, quote unquote, attack that he has. And then the children can discard a card to attack. And that's it. That's literally the two things. So, yeah, Kavatica is doo doo. You're right. Yeah, he's. The other thing is, he doesn't help your web marker shenanigans which is how you're growing your your keyword i think when they would he's a giant spider too yeah i just so kvetica i'm not really feeling optimistic yeah. about in the keyword i think that between meredith your archivist and the night silk creeper you've got um a decent web kind of setup you've got stuff you can do and the good thing here is as you use and consume webs that helps i don't know a model like a botanist if you decide to hire some of them so that is kind of cute um, but even outside of botanists you can go with your um spell eaters i know are very popular in some metas they can do some really really cute things getting getting around triggers and such um they are a good tech pick yes so they they have some really cute things you can do with them um and of course husks are quietly really cute um, if if you if you're looking for fun double combo uh, double master combo things you can do giving a husk a time worn blade is really cute it basically ignores everything in the game it's got it's got ruthless no defensive triggers no armor no shielded no hard to win no hard to kill two three five with shove aside oh there's also a cursed object aura around you so you're minus one stat they are super cute and um that's insane so if you're looking they're, for they're fun a terrifying to do, little minion to see creeping towards you yes they are um and when they have a time on blade and their grubby little mitts, then they're even more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, two, two three, five also. So if you hit that high end, you're ignoring hard kill, hard wound, and armor, and shielding, yep. I think. And shielding. So, uh, yes. It's gross. No defense yep. triggers, um, ruthless yep. as yep. well. Like, are oh, they just, they're really, really cute when they have that. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. They husk. become perfect for focus punch. Focus punch. Definitely. It's like, oh, I'm... I'm Going for the five. <laughs> oh yes, and when you just like top deck a high mask with shove aside, I mean that's such a great feeling. Oh, so that's so good. All right. Well, I posted the statistics on the chat. Uh, I've been taking a look every now and then whenever we're talking. Uh, so yeah, I, I I noticed the first thing I was going to ask you is like Thierry only has like eight games total. Uh, and yeah, she has a seventy-five percent. Win rate yeah, you can't, there. you can't count that. But you really can't count it. Now, why do you think that she is not as much picked? I know that I found trouble winning with her when I was playing, but what do you think? Are we talking about Terry 2 specifically, right? Correct. Specifically Terry 2. Because like is, that, is that Nomad or is that the other show. one? That's the architect. architect. The, the, the one that drops down the, the tyrant cage. I think it's because everybody loves Nomad. That's why you don't see it. Oh, Nomad draws a crap load of cards. But let's see, what do you think, Michael? I have enjoyed Terry 2 in Outcasts a bit. Um, in Explorers, I think that she's very card-hungry, whereas Terry 1 is card-generating, and people like drawing cards, and they don't like spinning cards. There's all the cool things <laughs> you can do with Terry 2, um, but it's difficult to play. Um, and I think it's, it's the kind of keyword where if you were to sync... 20 games into Terry 2, you'd be very dangerous to play against and very scary. Um, but it's it's tough to get those reps in. I think you have a harder time swapping between your ideal upgrades, and that's a key um, part of the crew that makes it just a, a little bit more clunky. Um, right. So I think that that's a big thing. And I think the other thing is people with that um, 
those markers that you put out, there's four different markers. People yes. <laughs> people like to be lazy, right? They want to play like a yeah. more linear game plan. Well, that's really hard to only, micromanage those markers and like differentiate them are, and all that. So I think that's tough. Yeah, but not only are they four, they're unique. So yes. you can't actually put doubles of them. That's no, a huge problem. No bellhop porter shenanigans where you just sudden, like suddenly generate a new one. It doesn't work that way, I'm afraid. It's also once per turn. The TN is pretty big. Most of them don't do something immediately when they turn up. I, I think if you were to change Terry 2 and just have a trigger on that marker upgrade with just Surge or something, suddenly you'd be like, okay, now I'm getting at least a card back for the card I spend. Maybe I start to look at her a bit more, but... Yeah, Wintery 1 can help most of your crew just constantly draw cards and do so many flexible things like getting out fast. It just yeah. It's a tough one to know when to pick Terry 2, in all honesty. I'll tell you what, I'm a little surprised because I do see Anya 2 as 36 games, and this is less than a year. This is about probably 10 months of data. But she has 36 games with a 54% win rate, so whoever's playing Anya 2 apparently can win some games with that. Yeah. Yes, I think Anya is good a... and tough to play. Again, if you're sinking the hours into getting a reps in, she's going to be dangerous. Um, yep. If you are struggling with her, you're going to give up on her. So that's what I would generally think is the case with her. I did. I did also wanted to point out Lucas McCabe won only in two things. One, Theory two. I said eight games. She has four games total, and Lucas McCabe one only has thirteen games total. But he has a 69% win rate as well. So, like, yes. the people that are playing them, they're a very, very small group of people, or it's one person. Do you see it's... that English Ivan still has like 98 games with over 50% win rate? Yeah. English Ivan 2 has 39 games with 63% win rate. Like, literally, these people are not dropping. Doing the Lord's quality. work. Yeah, they're which is actually the interesting thing because you said in your meta. It's not a thing that you see. You don't see English Ivan anymore. You don't play English Ivan anymore, right? I, I don't play a lot of him. I I do know there's a couple players on the um, Malifaux World Series. Um, there's, right. there's one player in particular who fiends English Ivan. He plays a ton of English Ivan. I wouldn't be surprised if those numbers are <laughs> largely down to him <laughs> soloing Ivan. Oh, yeah. He loves well, him. Um, that's kind of like Maxine so, yeah. 1 and uh, yeah. what's-his-face 30... down in Texas loves playing Maxine yeah. 1. Well, yes. 30 of the games are attributed to Andre, yeah. which is what I was going to say. Is like If you look at Maxime 1, she has 70 games and 40 wins, but 30 games of those, and I think he only lost like three or four games maybe, maybe. are to Andre. So it's like, if you look at the wins, you're like, wait, that means that the other people were like losing most of their games. She's, she's, <laughs> she's good, but she's not easy to play. So yeah, you're, you're sensing a theme. Most of Explorers are good. They're not. Yeah. They're not as easy to play as some other factions are. Um, right. We do have some and easy masters, but not which, a lot. Which I was going to say. So what? So if I was a newer player wanting to get into explorers, what what keyword would you recommend to him then? Uh, I mean, if Cadmus? money's not an object. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's got to be McCabe too, right? <laughs> it's like the easiest person to like. Pilot. I don't know. I think I think McCabe has some quirks. He's good. I, I think. Probably Jedza, to be honest, because Jedza is very linear in the way as like if you know to manage your auras and manage your positioning, which is good to learn just generally from LFO. Yeah. But if you do that part really well, you're going to be tough to stop. You can implement your game plan, and it's on the opponent okay. to try and disrupt you. 
Um, so that would be really good from a learning. I would have picked Cooper. Cooper, Cooper is the easiest one to learn, but he's he apparently he's doing just okay. Cooper is uh, um, a 53% win rate. Uh, Cooper is a one a lot of people talk to for a um, learn to play the game on Cooper. Yeah. I right. The problem I have with learning the game on Cooper is you'll be good against other new players when you accidentally kill their minion before it activates. <laughs> and then, you and then think, you'll wow, get smashed I'm by good. good players. And the good player brings a Solstone user and, and stuff like that and mm. defense 7 and you're kind of struggling. Or they know how to engage at the right time and now you just sit there with your machete like hitting an armored model and you're like, <laughs> wow, this sucks. So yeah, I think that was our experience. I think so you're Cooper saying is, I should I should throw my Corophy duet right into Cooper's face. Yes. Yeah. If you throw Corophy <laughs> yeah. duet well, into Cooper, none of his crew can touch you. They just lo look at you yes. and be like, oh, there's an armored model? Well, I guess I don't do anything. So... I think Lord Cooper is quietly very difficult to play both versions. Yes. Very, very fun, can be very good, but is difficult to play. Has a lot of poor matchups. Easy to counter. Easy to counter. It's super easy to counter. That was the part that I was upset about. It's like he put a mature and then I couldn't run away and he was blocking on the side. Yes. And it, it just evolved from there. And like he wasn't the only one. I played, uh, I forgot who it was, but they dropped a. A Frankenstein monster, whatever that's called, from Flesh the Resurrectionist. Archie. Flesh Construct. Yeah. And they dropped it right in the middle of him again, and then I had to like chew through like, what, nine, nine wounds? Yeah. So stupid. Mm, and then I killed time. it, and then he just drove another one right in there. I'm like, yes. this is the dumbest crap I ever <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad, dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Cooper can be pretty upset. If, if he's not in melee with the right model, he's not happy. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, he's actually okay in, in melee against some models, like a 2-3-5 with potential plus flips for days, like, is actually quite good. And the fact that you can remove terrain markers is really cute, like, you can charge in and remove a few pie markers and slap some people around. It's actually not too bad, but if your opponent has armor, I've found that's generally where that machete turns into a not very nice attack, and that's where he's <laughs> yeah. pretty sad that's the worst. in melee. Yes. Yeah. It, it turns into a Walmart machete. Yes. The worst models <laughs> yes. that I ever played against were uh, Bunchtook minions. Oh, yes. No, that is... Bunchtook is awful for Lord Cooper. <sighs> it's a terrible matchup. Um, because also they have a bunch of stun, and his keywords are very, yep. very prone to getting stunned and then being pretty sad about everything. So yep. he's also super Both vulnerable to stagger. So if your opponent has stagger, they stagger Cooper and put him in melee. Now I've got your back, doesn't work. Um, yep. There's so many ways to shut him down that I think... It's easier to play against Lord Cooper than it is to play with Lord Cooper. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got one of my dogs buried. Then I send in the uh, the Malasaurus Rex, who also then got buried. Yes. Because that's when I learned that Anya, Anna, sorry, Anna, the the giant, you know, Six. no fun allowed yes. girl. Yes. Yes. She has that as a trigger on her melee attack. I was like, this is the... <laughs> Again, why am I doing this she, to myself? She, she also has hazardous work environment. So if she ever gets close to Lord Cooper, he just can't ever be... I've got your back. So he just stops being a model. Dude, it's a... Yeah, yeah, no, like, there were just too many things. At the end of the day, like, Pete made me hate playing <laughs> Lord Cooper. So I stopped. <laughs> What's the... Uh, so if I was playing in a tournament with Explorer Society... Is there a faction that you hate seeing more than others when you're playing with these guys? It used to be Guild when Pedita was ridiculous. Now Fair. it's gravitated towards Outcast. There's a lot of stuff mm. Outcasts do that really hurt you. Um, 
the the main thing is outcasts can hire things like the nothing beast just randomly by the by and that dunks on Jin, that dunks on your sandworm that dunks on dr beeb so there's a lot of like cool tech models you want to bring often that outcasts can randomly say no you don't yeah. um they do also just have a lot of great matchups like tara herself can run rings around a lot of our masters um and really screw with them yeah. like i can be a, a mccabe to build with unkillable botanists but if you just bury them then i'm sitting here like oh okay you reminded me of a of a quick side story that that's related to what you just said i watched the game where talos killed bb yep that'll happen they brought him out of keyword and I was just like, oh my god, that's true. Yes. Like, this is a while ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I, I literally I saw that and I was like, I was like, I forgot that that was a thing. Yep. And BV died, and then Calypso was his garbage for the rest of the game. I, and I've seen, I've played in games where I was against Leviticus, who is also a terrible matchup for most of our masters, and he just hired the Nothing Beast just by the by. Move six, willpower six, uh, defense six, yep. terrifying. It's already like a pretty annoying model for our faction to deal with. And then I had Dr. Beeb. I'm like, there's a chance he one-shots me. Do I just yep. start unburied? Um, which you can do. Dr. Beeb is like fine to just walk around healing and drawing cards. But it's not really why you hire him. Yeah, no kidding. So um, I would definitely say that Outcasts, they have a lot of problem masters. Leviticus is absolutely terrifying on a lot of pools. Um, I would say that... Uh, Tara is a big bugbear of mine. I really struggle against her as well. And then things like Von yeah. Shield, just super solid, high damage tracks, armor and shielded everywhere. The only master we have that's good against that is like McCabe, or if you bring some form of irreducible. But honestly, it's hard to keep up with the card quality that they bring, and they just hit super hard. So Alcaz Outcast is, notorious. is scary. Yeah, but Alcaz is also notorious for having anti-specialized tech. So that makes perfect sense that a very yeah. specialized faction, because like it seems that you, you actually throughout the entire podcast, we've heard a lot of specialized tactics, and I think yes. that's a, a a good thing for the faction. That's like your faction specialty, right? It is. Uh, explorers are not the kind of faction where you just pick the same crew every time and just do your implement your game plan i think they were a reactive faction more than a proactive faction by which i mean there's a lot of keywords like i've seen lady justice builds where it's like they just run at you with a bunch of stones and so much layered defensive tech you have to find a solution or you're going to get crushed we don't really yeah. do that very much we used to do that before some nerfs nowadays we're more of a reactive faction where we are very flexible with a lot of our picks but we have to play around the opponent and um and we're equipped to do that but yeah we're we're the specialized sort of like counter faction we're trying to do that at least that's pretty cool. yeah and i've i've also heard whispers that some people think Tyri is going to be the kind of next i mean if you're chasing the meta kind of deal like some people think Tyri is going to be really solid into this gg and possibly gg4 when it gets dropped so i didn't know if you've had enough games with Tyri that you feel she's kind of up to snuff and pretty good, or if you're still kind of feeling her out? Terry's good. I think Terry and Maxine are so similar that having played a lot of games of both of them, but particularly Maxine 1, it's, it's a very interesting kind of relationship that Maxine 1 and Terry 1 have in particular with the card draw, but they also like each other's keyword a lot. Um, within Maxine 1, I really like to hire the Iron Matron and... For Tiri one, I've often hired Kia because she can support her, give her focus, give her shielded. Suddenly yeah. she actually becomes kind of scary. So is Tiri one a great 
master. Yes, I would say she is. Ouroboro is very good as a totem. F Most the, of the actual that model. models are great. <laughs> um, Love that guy. Like, every model has a place. And the thing I like about Turi 1 perhaps the most is you do have these cute tech picks. Like we've discussed already, you've got your Unseelie engine that can sometimes come in and be very, very meaningful. Um, and yeah, you, just like yeah, and shut down somebody's like three quarters of attack. Yeah, and and even some of the the other ones that you won't see all the time, like the hour warriors, they'll still have a place. They have some little movement shenanigans, and <laughs> I, they can push. I, your I was going to ask you is, I think besides the water thing for for EVS, I think they the bygone has the only other model with toss in the faction. Is that right? Uh, toss in Explorers, we have the Tidecaller. We've got the Tidecaller. The Intrepid right. Emissary has almost Toss with the um, Intimidating Roar, as does Artemis. Yeah. So that's that's not quite there, but we have the Ancient Construct as well with Toss. Yeah, I know, I know Outcast players were super excited to get that Toss model. That is the dumbest thing that they could have gotten because there's so many great models that are size 2. Yeah. yeah, and I think they and that was killers. also their first. It was also their first take the hit model. So I think the ancient construct does a lot for outcasts just in general. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, outside of keyword though, he's like ten points or something. It's like super expensive. That is true. Keyword. That is true. He's probably not showing or, up a lot outside. Or seven health armor too, to be specific. Yeah. Um, he is pretty cute when you give him McCabe upgrades again. If you're going double masters, an ancient <laughs> construct holding a blade with a three, four, six shove aside. Like there are some cute things you can do there again. <laughs> so, do, do Kiwis play a lot of double masters? Not a ton, but we most of our big events will allow double masters. Okay. It's kind of a, it's a controversial thing. I know a lot of people are very against it. Some people are very for it. We've generally found that double masters is a bit slightly unbalanced. But if you include keyword bans as another format, which our last event of the Malifaux World yeah. Series included, that gets very interesting because see, how it works is you, you you see your opponent's first master that they pick, then you may ban any keyword. Yeah. Then they, if they wanted to hire another master, they could. So you can stop the most degenerate combat, uh, combinations. Yep. <laughs> I believe, Michael, and I believe in public shaming. So <laughs> when when we declare lists and stuff, if I see that they pick a double master, I just kind of look at them like, oh, sorry, I thought we were gentlemen. But, yeah. you know, apparently, you're one of those people. <laughs> of no, no, no. Okay, saying that, saying that, I've I, I've gotten a lot of handle with the band stuff because like our last like five or six games, Pete and I have been doing bands. Yeah. Uh, it has been very frustrating not being able to bring the Kurgan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if Dixon does yeah. not declare Swamp Fiend, I will ban Swamp Fiend every time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder that. why. F that Kurgan. That. That's so good. Um, I would generally say the game is slightly more balanced as single masters, but I think if you only play single masters, you're you're missing out on a lot of fun experiences and some interesting experiences as well. Um, I really do believe that. In the last event we played here, Double Masters were legal. Um, and I think people only really hired them in Cursed Objects. Like, that's where they're quite good yeah. because you have, like, another tough model that's hard to get, deal with. They don't often dominate most of the scenes. There are a couple of combos which are like, okay, this is maybe a bit much. I know that at the moment, Asami with McCabe is very dangerous. You know, you get your Jorogomu, give them some Time Ward Blades. Again, that's kind of nuts yeah it, it's kind uh, of funny though because 
I've tried double master lists before. And honestly, like, and it might be my play style, but I feel like when you do that, you just don't get much of the rest of your list, right? You get like maybe three other models sometimes. And it's like, all right, well, I guess this is a six model list. And it's like, okay, well, how much fun is that? And yeah, I just, I don't get much, you know, mileage off of it. So I, I tend not to bring double masters just because I don't think three AP gives, it doesn't give me that much enjoyment. So I usually don't like building those kind of lists. I, I feel the same for the most part. And so I think when some people look at double masters and think it's overpowered, they don't stop to consider how much AP you get out of your 16 stone investment. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's only three AP, like you say. Um, I, in the formats where it is legal, I probably only hire a second master 5% of the time. Um, and so uh, the most recent example I had some success with was Maxine 1 hiring Lord Cooper 1, and you just give him double focus immediately. And then from as early as activation 1, he can walk, walk, shoot with a focus shot, and then still reload. And that's very dangerous. Um, so Cursed Objects, pretty cute there. Yeah, I think but the last it's... time I did it was also Cursed Objects, and I... I played Dixon and I did Lady J two with uh, Lucius two and it, it was good. Oof. Yes, but I didn't feel yeah. like I was doing amazing things with it. But Dixon thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I thought I thought that you did a great job. I didn't think of any combos and explorers uh, that was actually like out of the world. <laughs> I, I almost came back from losing because I, I started losing as soon as you kidnapped my master. Yeah, and then put Lucas that, in the blue box. I, Right, and that I started slowly coming back up, and then you kill Sid, and that was it. That was like yeah, the Lu big, Lucius big... killed Sid, and that's the one thing where I was like, oh yeah, these coffin markers, uh, Lucius can teleport to. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I think so he was literally satellite dropping Lucius into the middle of my crew. I think if you were asking from a explorer's perspective, what is the strongest double master combo we have? I know that one of our um, players in Austria, Dominic, he's been playing a lot of Maxine two with Jeds one. And that is oh. filthy because you cheat any card for your um, your reconfigure, and suddenly the next time you would take damage from Jedza, you are it's zero. So yeah. your opponent gets yeah. one attack at you, of which you will heal one, and then they're done. And Jedza is obviously always just generally quite good anyway. So yeah, I've, awesome. I've been beaten up by that list before. Yes, that's, that's a, a scary it, one. It, she she counters also like regen. Which naturally is not less or healing, because like yeah, that's the main reason why I love just the one over the Jets two. Yeah, yeah, I, that's why I like Jets one and two. They do very, they, they, they complement each other well. They do. Yeah, but they do different things. Like my personal favorite is the first version because I like to do things with healing that people are not expecting. That's the main reason why. Dude, I, like that. I used to want to punch Chris in the face die. because I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna heal this model for three. He's like, "You mean take three damage?" <laughs> I, and I'll tell you, it's like you're within four inches of death. I will tell you, you're within four inches of death. Well, Chris wasn't a gentleman. He wouldn't tell me until I healed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of cute things you can do if you did go that combo with Maxine. You throw a split across worlds on someone, and now when someone nearby heals, they get damaged. So if another model activates and Jedza says, oh, you would heal, I can choose to damage yeah. you, or I can let you heal and then damage the model that I've picked with split across worlds next to you. Um, so like, there's a lot of cute things you can do. Um, or if Jids is really close to them, she can use uh, her plenty of wares to like nuke the model for three or four damage. And yep. then if she shoots them with her uh, standard attack, drain life or whatever, she also heals, which is again, more damage. So 
I know that the <laughs> Maxine and um, specifically Maxine two with Jedza combo yeah. is quite Pretty dangerous. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so yeah. Pretty good. All right. Well, is there anything else, Michael? You want to share about Explorers before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, I think Explorers are a, a fun faction. Um, I'm gonna quietly say that while we're looking at these longshank stats we as a faction have the fewest recorded games with the highest percentage win rate so just saying yeah we may have had a nerf or two come our way but we're still holding our own um and we're tremendously rewarding and fun faction to play (laughs) so the least popular faction but the most wingingness of all the factions correct we we don't have that legacy of people who just jammed them from edition one you know quite we're quite recent new kids you don't have a dreamer i also think that they um I i think there is a little bit of like the nerf and then people moved on right so i think it is good to kind of recognize that you know there's a lot of play with these keywords and if you're getting a little stale and you want to try something something out you know explorers has some they have some candy so you should try them out I, I also think the other wonderful thing about explorers as a faction is you can play them and collect them in so many different ways if you just wanted a keyword you can pick mccabe and play him every game and have an all right time you could probably do the same thing with maxine as well she's that flexible but if you did collect six or seven keywords then you really do have a very unique tool for every different game nexus does the nexus thing it's very unique to nexus it's quite yeah. interesting jed's thing is quite unique to her and so you have they do feel very can, different yes you can collect and play them as a an, an eclectic bunch of weird people and and monsters I mean, and such and have a good that's, time that's pretty much their fluff too right it's just a bunch of you know you have some rich people you have some weird creepy people that are oh yes exploring malifo in their own unique way absolutely absolutely <laughs> oh. all right dixon what about you what do you think about the explorers uh i i'm trying not to uh think too much until after long start <laughs> but i i Kinda do miss playing Ivan and Jetson. Not gonna lie, and McCabe obvious reasons because McCabe is just like Booga Booga. Let's go do this. I did not enjoy playing against McCabe when you dropped him. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> he, he's Ongo Bonga and like caveman. Ooh, I'm a go. I think I only now. beat you playing McCabe once, and that was with that Lady J. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that double master Lady J list. So yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, but I I think. I think if you haven't looked at explorers, they're definitely a fun faction. Very unique. Very, the model range for explorers are just amazing to paint. Uh, there's I painted almost this entire faction. Obviously, I haven't painted Tyria, yet, but I think everything else I painted. So all the models are really cool looking. But uh, I want to thank you, Michael, for coming on. It was a, a lot of fun talking to you. It was awesome being here. And, and I would also say to any prospective hopeful prospects <laughs> who might yeah. be looking at Explorers and, and want to ask a question or two, um, hop onto the Malifaux World Series Hub Discord. There's a lot of competitive and fun chat there around different factions. Um, and so I'm always there on the Explorer sub chat, ready to answer any questions and, and help out anyone who wants to join the, the Teal Legion. So, um, But it was a lot of fun talking to you guys. And uh, thanks so much for having me on. All right. Well, until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you all later.